Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the New Wine Podcast, episode four of season two. I'm so happy that you're here, happy that you're listening. So sometimes I happen to get a friend's login to Hulu or Netflix to watch some show that I've been wanting to watch. And it's not that I don't know how to set up my own account. It's not that, you know, I don't necessarily have the money to pay for it, but something about logging into their account, picking whatever shows I want to just gives me some type of like energy boost. Like it helps you just helps me just feel like warm and fuzzy and taken care of. And it's also helped me save a few coins over the year, you know, logging into their Netflix or Hulu based accounts. I don't know what that is. Maybe I need to work on it. I probably do. That feeling is what I mean. Like maybe I need to work on like, why does that feel so good? But I bring it up to say, if you are listening to this episode of the New Wine Podcast and you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you haven't even liked a post of the podcast, you don't talk to me and share like what you enjoy or what you think I should bring to the New Wine Podcast, you are kind of like me, like freeloading. And listen, I don't mind. I want you to be here. I want to bring conversations to us every single week. But let's make a deal. You take time right now to press pause, <laughs> to go on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, YouTube, and subscribe to my channel, subscribe to the podcast so you can get notifications when I'm back here again next week. And we'll make a deal for that. But no, I hope you're having a good week. Um, you know, every single episode, I kick off the podcast with a simple statement so we can just make space to check in with ourselves every single week of season two, I've started with this phrase, it's time to pour it up. Now, before I will be talking about pouring a good glass of wine into a wine glass, but this season I'm talking about pouring into us. You may know this, hey, Alex, why don't you talk about wine every single week like you did in the previous season? I just feel like I needed to put that on pause. I needed to like come with this fresh air and be like sober minded for a lot of the topics I want to talk about this season. And I just felt a new flow. It's not that I don't enjoy wine. It's not that I don't want to pour it up in a glass, anything like that. It's just that I want to be mindful and considerate of the topics that I share and always carry like a wisdom with me in it. So I don't have a glass of wine to cheers or sip with you today, but it's still time to pour it up. It's time to talk about how you're doing, how you're feeling, how is your heart today? I know for me right now in this very moment, I'm doing okay, right? Like I'm doing the best I can right now. I am focused on how I'm feeling. I'm focused on my growth in this season. I've been super busy. Life has felt very full. It's also felt very obscure in a sense. Like I feel like 2023 is going to be such a great, good year for me. It's going to be a powerful year for me. It's going to be a year where I feel like God did his thing. Like I did all I could do up until this point and God stepped in and did only what he could do. That's what I'm believing for in 2023. But lately it's been a struggle. I can't lie. And I'm doing good. I'm doing okay. And so as I ask you those questions, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How is your heart today? If you're doing okay, or if you're doing great, or if you're having, you know, a challenging year so far, I'm here to say, listen, let, let down those walls today. Let down those scars today and allow this podcast, this episode to be a breath of fresh air that you need. Allow for this space that we share once a week 
to just lift you up, to encourage you, to give you some hope and aspirations for all that's to come in your life. Because I know, like I like I'm speaking to myself every single day, Alex, it gets better. Alex, don't quit. Alex, just keep taking one more step. Like it's gonna get better than what you feel right now. And I'm not gonna get emotional, but because I'm feeling it. But I'm going to say, you know, I'm growing through it right now. I'm growing through it. I'm focusing on taking the next step. I feel like, you know, there's an inner call inside of me to go higher, to think higher, to to believe differently, to act differently, to present myself differently. You know, I don't know if it's 30. I don't know. Let me know if you're over 30. (laughs) When you turn 30, did something just like switch in your brain? Because if that's the case, then like I'm experiencing that switch right now because I'm turning 30 at the end of this month. But I'm feeling like a switch happening and I'm, I'm learning how to switch with what I feel and not resist it, you know, even though it's unknown. So that's kind of what I'm feeling right now. That's how I'm moving right now. But, you know, I feel like this episode and not just, you know, this episode, but all of the episodes that I bring to the podcast space are geared towards women, geared towards Christian women, geared towards you know, black women, white women, women of color, you know, anyone who feels like they have lost a voice, any woman who feels as if they have lost their voice or lost a sense of touch of who they are. I've been that woman before. Not every single time I'm in that place where I felt as if, man, I really got off track. I've been able to get myself right back to where I needed to be. And today is Women's officially Women's History Day. It's National Women's Day or something like that. But, you know, it's Women History Month. And the month of March is always special to me because it's my birthday. But it's even more special as, as I've gone, gotten older and realized the importance of all the women who contribute to our livelihoods here on earth and all of the powerful women, all of the women whose names have even been unspoken in history, who had their part to play. And I hope that this episode and every episode that you listen to from this point forward, that it is a part to play in your lives, that you feel as if like every week I'm going to listen to the New Wine podcast because it has a part to play in my life. It has a part to play in the growth that I'm experiencing or the revelation that I may be getting or, you know, the deepening or the strengthening of my relationship with Christ. Like, I hope that this podcast is that space for you to connect with you, but also connect with the higher purpose, the higher call that's on your life through God. So shout out to us women. We are powerful. We are beautiful. We know who we are. We are strong. We're courageous. We're soft. We allow God to move in our lives. We allow people to help us. We know how to pick up scraps and make a beautiful picture out of it. Women are the future and we will always be the future because we will always have a place here in this world. And women will always have a place in my life and in the future of generations to come after me. So shout out to us. If I had a glass, I would like cheers you, but cheers. So what I want to talk about today, (laughs) you know, our new wine into new wine skins today is focused on self-care versus sacrifice. So when I think about new wine, going into new wine skins, well, I talked about this when I first kicked off season two, because 
new wine can only grow, can only become flavorful, can only get its color, you know, its odor, its its taste when it's poured into new wineskins. If it's poured into old wineskins, the new wine will just sit there stagnant. If new wineskins are poured into old wineskins, that old wineskin will burst because it doesn't have the capacity to maintain the newness that's being poured inside of it. And on the contrary, if old wine is poured into a new wineskin, because that, you know, the wine has already been poured out once before, it's already, the gases are already released, it's just gonna sit in that place. It's not gonna have anywhere to go because it's, it's old wine. And every single week I talk about what is a new thing that we need to learn so that our new wine can go into new wine skin, so we become flavorful, so that we have new power coming out of us. That's what new wine is doing in us that, you know, we take everything that, that we feel, the, the hard things, the bad things, the things that we've had to go through. We allow those hard things to, grow new wine out of us. And that's what I talk about every single week. And so this week we're talking about self-care versus sacrifice. This topic really came to me a few weeks ago. I was super busy. I was on a two-week work trip that led to a weekend full of celebrating friends. So let me break it down. So I was in Vegas for a two-week work trip. Within those two weeks, I had full days of work networking, leading people, being led, and just like, you know, being on at my job. Like anytime you go on a work trip, you know, like you're on, like there is no like just moment to kind of like woosah. I feel that like pressure. I, I work with good people, but at the end of the day, it's work. Even if we're at dinner, it's still work. And so I had two full weeks of this, including the weekends. And when I finished out my work trip in Vegas, I flew on a red eye to Alabama to be a part of a wedding rehearsal and a wedding that same night. And then I also split time that night and that weekend to celebrate the 30th birthday of one of my closest friends. And so to say that I was at capacity is an understatement, <laughs> understatement. You know, I went from Vegas being, you know, away from home for two straight weeks, went from there to Alabama full force into celebrations where I had to be present, where I wanted to be present, where I wanted to show celebration and happiness and appreciation for the people who were around me. But at the end of the day, like I was tired. Like I was ready to go home. I hadn't washed clothes in two weeks. I hadn't slept in my bed for two weeks. I was in hotels, you know, the whole thing that you do when you travel. And so this two week time like taught me some things about myself and how God operates in my life when I feel like I need to like separate for self-care, he replenishes me even in that space. But listen, so I'm I'm about to board the plane from Vegas to Alabama. I talked to my mom on the phone and she's, she hears that I'm tired. She knows that I'm tired. It's been a long two weeks. And so she's like, Alex, just, just please take care of yourself. And I know she was speaking from a place of care. She wants her girls to be okay. She doesn't want us to overextend ourselves ever. If my mom could like take care of everything in my life, she definitely would. <laughs> but as you get older, I know she's learning that like, I can't save them from everything. I can't take care of everything for them. But in this moment as my mom, and she's hearing me on the phone, just tired, as I'm getting ready to go to Alabama, she's like, Alex, just take care of yourself. And in that moment, like I realized that really taking care of myself in the real, real, real way, like really, really taking care of myself would have been flying home. <laughs> 
not going to Alabama, like going home and taking two days to not talk to anybody, just sit in the quiet house, sleep in my own bed, take a shower in my own shower and just really replenish my body. You know, that's in the real, real, that's what I felt like that would be really taking care of me. But I couldn't choose that. I had obligations. I had things that I wanted to be a part of. This wasn't, you know, work. This was friends who was having these monumental moments, a friend turning 30 and someone getting married. Like these are beautiful people in my life and I wanted to be there for them. And so I couldn't choose to go home, even though that's what I wanted to choose. That's what I wanted my self-care to look like. I couldn't choose that. I had to choose to still travel, get on the plane and go. Now, when I think about that, as I've been thinking about this episode, you know, I think about that in times of our lives where we feel overworked, overwhelmed or depleted, even we can have this tunnel vision type of mentality of like, I just got to think about me. Like, I just have to like focus on me, you know, and those are real moments. Like I wanted and needed to be present for my friends, but I also wanted and needed to be present for myself. Like ultimately that's like what self-care is. But I had to sacrifice. And I know that in that sacrifice, like hindsight, looking back, if I had not gone to the wedding or not gone to celebrate my friend's 30th birthday, like I would have been sad about that. Like, forget the work trip. I would have been like, man, I really missed on a really big moment for people that I love, like my tribe of people. And, you know, in that moment, I sacrificed. And I understood that even though I'm in this place where like, I really need to focus on me, I need to give more of myself right now. And I, and I have to trust God that he's going to replenish me even as I give out more, even as I release more of my life. He's going to replenish me in those same ways. You know, in this life, what I've come to realize is that you will need to learn how to sacrifice and have self-care. Don't turn me off. Don't turn me off. Okay, so I'm sorry. So I'm sorry to say that. And we're going to talk about it because there are a lot of mantras out there that says like, choose you, pick you, favor you, blah, 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 like the whole thing. There's validity to all that, believe me. But in this life that God has given us, I'm sorry to say that you won't always be able to choose yourself in a way that self-care looks to you. You won't always be able to do that. And I'll say this, you won't be able to do that if you want to have a relationship with the people that you love, if you want to be a community, if you want to build your tribe, if you want to have lasting, loving relationships around you. You won't always be able to choose you in the way that you think self-care should look like. But don't turn me off because I know this. I know this touching y'all toes. Don't turn me off. (laughs) But you won't always be able to choose you in that way. But I do know as I've experienced that even though, for example, I couldn't come home to my home and rest and get rejuvenated for two days before I went to this wedding and celebrated my friends, even though I couldn't do that, I knew that even by me going, like I said before, God was going to help me along the way. He was going to give me moments of self-care along the way so that I could be replenished, even if it didn't look like me sitting on my couch or sitting in my bed and watching TV all day. Like he was still going to replenish me so that I could still have love to give to myself and to others. So when I was traveling back to back, I decided that when I finally got back to Texas, that I was going to take like two days off from work to really rest and rejuvenate from those two long weeks away. 
I got back and I was also had planned to go home for Mardi Gras and I ended up canceling those plans. I was like, you know what? I can't push anymore. Like I really need to rest. So I decided to cancel my trip to go home to Mardi Gras. And this was sad. Everyone wants to go to Mardi Gras. It's a good time, but I ended up canceling it. Now, two days into me being in Texas, I get a call from my cousins that my aunt unexpectedly passed away. No one was expecting this. It was it was literally out of, out of the blue. And so those two days that I had at home was all I had. Because at that point, I, I picked up my stuff and went to Atlanta. I was going back and forth from Atlanta to, to Texas to help my cousins and just be there for them and be there for myself and my family as we were going through this process. And I knew that as unfortunate as that was, as unexpected as this trip was going to be, that it could potentially deplete me more because I, I was... I was already at capacity and now I'm not just traveling again, but I'm also going through grief. And so I came up with like, you know, I'm going to need some help. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm drained. I'm almost, I'm almost drained out right now. And my aunt just passed away and my cousins are heartbroken and I'm heartbroken. And so I really need your help right now. And so what did I do in this middle of this sacrifice, quote unquote, of picking up my stuff and traveling again? I ended up texting some of my friends and I just said, hey, this just happened to my family. Could you please pray for me as I cover them and pray for myself as I cover myself as I travel back and forth? And the answer in these situations, I give that example, you know, the answers in these situations of Vegas, of Alabama, of going to Atlanta to be with my family. The answer in those situations wasn't choosing me in the way that I felt that it would be typical for me to choose myself or in the way that people or like culture or social media would typically tell me to choose myself. The way that I had to choose myself was asking people to pray for me. And I knew that as I went, like I said before, like I would be replenished along the way. You know, I think that when we think about self-care and sacrifice, two things can be at play at once. Like self-care can teach us how to love on ourselves, how to, how to nourish ourselves, how to not pour from an empty cup. All those things are valid and hold truth and weight to it. Sacrifice teaches us how to not always think about you, to not always put you first. <laughs> As con- you know, it kind of contradicts the other because sacrifice sometimes means like, you know, I'm not going to sacrifice myself for the sake of giving out but also sacrifice means like I'm going to nourish myself in different ways so that I can give out because my, the call of my life is asking me to give out. The people who God put in my life, they need me to give out right now. You know, like it's different and they contrast each other, but they have to work together. And I'm learning how that works together in my life right now. And I believe that God calls us to have self-care and know the true meaning and to have sacrifice in our lives. You know, sometimes I feel as if God is calling me to love others in a way that I want to be loved in the moment. And I would be selfish and even hypocritical of my love for Christ to say, well, I'm not going to give out to them because I need it in my life, (laughs) you know, but I have to trust in the God who holds my life together that even as you give out, Alex, even as you Get out, I'll give out on this podcast every single week. Like God's going to replenish you and nourish you. And like the sacrifice you feel is only for a short minute because soon after he's going to replenish you with some nourishment that you need in your life. 
You know, every single day I can't cut my phone on do not disturb. Every single day I can't turn my phone off because life keeps moving and people in my life matter to me at the end of the day. So I have to find little moments, whether it's taking a walk, reading a book, going to work out, you know, going to the grocery store, which is one specific grocery store I just I just love here in Texas, going to do different things that help me feel like I'm in touch with me especially when my life feels like it's so busy in the way that it gives out to others. You have to make that space for those little things to matter. At the end of the day, you can't do everything, but you can do the things that God has called you to do. You can show up for people in the way that God has called you to show up for them, especially if he's placed them in your life. You can set boundaries and not let those boundaries keep you hidden from the world, keep you hidden from the people that God placed in your life. You know, sometimes God will ask you to grow beyond yourself so that not just you can be blessed, so that generations that are coming after you can be blessed. You know, everything that we have in our lives will come with self-care and sacrifice. They work hand in hand. And from experience, I know that when I try to care for myself, without the wisdom of God, I probably will find myself more depleted than I was before. But when I ask God to help me care for myself, God, in the way that you know that I need to be nourished so that I can keep walking in him and through him and in my life, he knows how to do that when I ask him to do that. So I call us all higher this week. I'll call us all to a different way of thinking about self-care You can show up for the people God has in your life and show up for yourself. You can set boundaries for your life and not allow those same boundaries to keep you hidden from the world or keep you out of community or keep you in silence or silo or lonely or alone in your world because you like, I'm just focusing on me, 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 me. Everyone else, they can just do whatever they want to do. Like, I don't, I, I love them, but like, I don't have to give myself to them. Like that way of thinking limits you from experiencing growth. It limits you from experiencing change and challenges and, and just new ways of thinking in your life, which, which we all should be on a journey of growth every single day. We all should want to grow, you know, self-care and sacrifice work hand in hand. And from experience, I know that when I try to care for myself without the wisdom of God over my life, I know that any interruption to my day or feelings of tiredness, if I try to do that without God, then I probably will end up feeling depleted when I have those feelings of being overwhelmed or tired or frustrated or at my end. But when I allow God to give me the wisdom and how to operate my day and how to stretch myself, even when I feel like I need to just lay on the couch. If I trust him to stretch me, I know that even that part of my life will become self-care. We have to get out of this mentality of me, 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 you know, me, 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 me. Like, no, that's not kingdom thinking. That's you thinking. That's that's culture thinking or, you know, the wrong culture thinking. Like, that's not kingdom culture. Like, kingdom culture just doesn't just think about me, me, me. It thinks about others. Like, that's who Jesus is. And that's who, if you're a Christian, like, I think that's how you should be demonstrating your life and, like, seeking that growth in your life to care for others in a way that it doesn't deplete you. Ask God for wisdom with that. So let's say you're a mom, right? I feel like this topic screams motherhood. (laughs) I'm not a mother, so I'm only speaking from what I have seen and noticed among mothers in my life. I feel like mothers know a thing or two about self-care and sacrifice. 
you're keeping up with everyone's schedule. And more than likely, you're keeping up with your own schedule and no one's keeping your schedule for you. You're attending to everyone else's needs and more than likely your needs get pushed to the back. And maybe this isn't all the time. I I would hope it's not all the time, but the way that mothers give of themselves is something like super special that I don't think that we'll even grasp in this lifetime. Like mothers are amazing. And, you know, when you welcome a child into your world, I would have to think that the time that you have for yourself instantly changes. Someone who was used to waking up late or enjoying a TV show with no distractions is now someone who has an alarm for 5 a.m., who's cooking breakfast, making lunches, packing boxes. Their coffee's getting cold. They're trying to watch their favorite TV show with Coco Melon or Miss Rachel playing in the background. Like, you know, everything changes for a mom. It's just different. And if you were to tell that mom that, hey, you need to focus on yourself, you need to not tend to your kids so that you can tend to yourself, that wouldn't be a complete form of good advice for that mom. And she probably would look at you real crazy because she can't just neglect her kids. Like, I think if we have moms who are friends or in our lives that we care for, that we should go beyond the bare minimum of just saying, like, focus on you. Because a mom can't do that. Like, their brains have changed. It's wired differently now that they have a child to care for. It's the same thing for a dad, but I'm specifically talking about moms, you know, and the weight that a mother carries for their family. I think that if you were to tell that mom that she doesn't need to tend to her kids or she could tend to herself, she would probably slap you in the face. She's like, you don't know what you're talking about. That's why you don't have kids, you know? (laughs) So I think the better advice or the better response or better maybe like even a statement to say to a mom that you see maybe struggling with caring for herself is to say, you know, hey, you're a great mother, number one. (laughs) Um, And I see you giving so much to your kids day in and day out. I brought you this coffee because I'm sure yours is probably cold right now. And while you drink this coffee, I'm going to take the kids out on a walk around the neighborhood or to the park. We're just going to play for 30 minutes and I'll have them right back to you. That would be helping that mother have self-care more than you telling her, hey, prioritize yourself, prioritize yourself, prioritize yourself. Because in a world where like time is very limited and your days are very full, putting the weight on that mom to carve out five minutes for herself is a lot harder than you just saying, hey, here are 30 minutes. Here's a hot coffee or here's a, here's your favorite snack to eat today. Let me take the kids for 30 minutes. That's a way that you can demonstrate self-care for her as a mom versus you just telling her what you think she should do. And that's just an example. But I think that it, it hopefully paints a good picture of how we can be better responders when it comes to self-care for our family and our friends and the, and the people that we love in our lives. And also know that God has a purpose in the things that he gives us. Like he didn't give that mother children for her to neglect them or for her to think that they don't need her at the end of the day. Like, you know, self-care in a way that the world may approach it would be to lower her role as a mother so that her role as a woman can be heightened. But that's low level thinking because God equips us to do everything that he gives to us. So godly thinking, kingdom thinking has to be somewhere along the lines of like, your your role as a mother is important, but your role as a as a woman is also important. These things work together. There there is no like heightened thing of like, let me lower your position as a mother so you can take care of yourself more. Like, no, I think that's whack. I don't think that's God. And I'm not a mother, but I'm speaking to this in the sense of like, 
I see this as a representation of God's love towards mothers and towards women in general. It's like, if God can fulfill me, if God knows everything about me, if he holds my world together, isn't he enough to help this mom experience both the fullness of motherhood and the fullness of being a woman? And he can merge it together. Like I think it's small minded thinking that can keep us from growing and keep us from fulfilling our purpose in our lives and others when we try to separate the two or make self-care seem as if it's more important. And I mean self-care in the form of selfishness, self-care in the form of like, you just got to think about yourself. That form of self-care, that form of talk is way more damaging to people than the right way of self-care is, which is like, if I trust God with everything that's in my world, and I'm and I'm allotting my time, I'm stewarding my time well, I have to trust that he's going to replenish me at some point because he knows what I need every single day. You know, I've seen a trend lately. And if you have eyes to see, I hope that your eyes are open too, because we see social media and everyone wants a piece of self-care and everyone should have it, right? Everyone should have it. I agree. I support it. I have it in my life. (laughs) I'm an advocate for self-care. I'm just an advocate more now for self-care in a way that God would demonstrate it for us. You know, self-care is an act of love towards yourself. It's taking time to check in with yourself and love the person you are, celebrate the person you are, dream about what you want for your future, set boundaries, but also contribute to your growth when God is calling those boundaries to be stretched. And if we all aren't careful of what we watch, of what we scroll past, of what we share or retweet or comment on or like, if we all all aren't careful of that, and I fell victim to this before, (laughs) self-care as the world would probably share it to us is actually selfishness. Like I said earlier, it's like a me, me, me mentality. But self-care in Christ is God you give me everything I need so that I can give to others. You may tell me, hey, you can't be on the couch and watch TV for three hours like you wanted to because I've called you to go out in the community and serve this church or I've called you to spend more time with your kids, even though it feels like that's a burden sometimes. Like, God, you can help me with the love that I want to give to myself by helping me grow in my purpose and helping me grow in my time and the way that I spend my time and the way that I look at myself. You know, self-care with an undertone of selfishness will have you not saying sorry to people who deserve an apology because it'll just say like, oh, well, get over it. I'm focused on myself. I'm, I'm worried about myself. I'm, I'm only thinking about myself. A person who truly understands self-care in a godly way understands that sometimes my self-care doesn't always look like it's serving me at the end of the day. If it's serving God's purpose in my life, it is serving me. You know, I'm going to say that again. (laughs) A person who truly understands self-care in a godly way understands that sometimes my self-care doesn't always look like it's serving me. But at the end of the day, if it's serving God's purpose in my life, it's serving me. If the people who God put in my life are a part of my purpose and I'm serving them, even when I'm tired, even if I feel like I want to go home, if I'm serving them, it is serving me. It is serving God's purpose in my life. So I'm going to get replenished off of that. I'm going to still have love for myself after that because it's serving God's purpose in my life. Now, earlier when I talked about like sacrifice can have two tones to it, where 
sometimes we sacrifice ourselves too much in a form of, well, everyone else can just get get whatever they want from me, whatever they want from me, whatever they want from me. And that ends, that is a hamster wheel that can make us feel like, well, all these boundaries got to go up right now because I gave myself so much to people and it left me depleted. It left me feeling like less of myself because I allowed people to withdraw from me in places that I haven't even withdrawn from myself. And I think when we think about sacrifice in that way, then if you feel like that's the truth for your life, where you do allow people to kind of take advantage of the love that you can give, of the encouragement you can give to them, of the support that you give to them, of the care that you give towards them, then maybe take a pause to say, okay, is this a part of my purpose or is this something that like I need to check in my spirit? Because if it's a part of my purpose, maybe it's a tough thing that I just have to stick out because I know replenishment is on the way. But if it's something where it's pulling me away from who I am, it's pulling me away from being in touch with who I am, it's taking too much of my time to where I can't even have any time to pour into myself. I don't have any time to read my Bible, any time to spend time in prayer, any time to like just go on a walk, do my hair, like just take a break and do nothing. If I have no time to do that, then maybe that's a gut check and that's to say, you know what, I'm sacrificing too much of myself and at the end of the day, it's leaving me depleted. And that's where you can like learn the difference of those two things, of the two ways that sacrifice may can show up in your life. So that self-care is appreciated, but it's not taken advantage of. It's not turned into selfishness because I think if you if you move into the way where like self-care is causing selfishness in, in your life, it will puff you up higher than the others, which is actually the opposite of what God's word speaks over your life. So. I hope that encourages you, encourage you today and pushes you on the journey of growth and becoming better. We can easily allow the wrong mindsets to set in us. And when that happens, it can stale us, make us flavorless, make us stagnant, which brings me to the part of the podcast that I like to call You Thin Court. So this is a part of the podcast where we talk about how we think, what's going on with our wine, why is it not flavorful, what's calling us to have a bad odor to people who want to be around us, you know. And so this week, I want to talk about meekness, M-E-E-K-N-E-S-S. When you use in a positive way, being meek describes someone who shows patient restraint. When used negatively, it means overly submissive. The positive sense of meek implies that someone is able to remain calm and subdued even when being provoked. There was a time in my life when I felt misused, misjudged, not appreciated at work specifically. I had so much in me that I was a gifted for, yet those things were assigned to others. I was kind of in this other role where I was being faithful to, but I felt like, you know, there's so much in me, God. Like, do they notice it? Are my gifts going to come out here? Like, what's going on? Even if I felt like someone got a raise and I didn't get a raise, or someone got a bonus and I didn't get a bonus, or someone got appreciated more and I didn't get that. Like, it was continuous test of this while I was at this job. And at the job, you know, I had plenty of opportunity to become jealous, plenty of opportunity to think of myself lower than others, plenty of opportunity to believe what I assumed people thought of me, 
plenty of opportunity to become jealous and to become envious of the blessings that I felt like others received in this season. And there have been times in my life where I spoke too soon, moved too fast, came into agreement with negative with the negativity around me, but there have been way more times when I've chose to stay silent, to keep my cool, to remember the grace that God has over my life, to not allow the negativity to really get on the inside of me, no matter how loud, how loud it was screamed around me. And when I think about those moments, when I think about meekness, and I think about us growing in the area of meekness, it's not about being silent when you need to speak up. It's not about holding your, your voice in when you feel as if God is asking you to speak. But meekness, like the definition says, implies that, you know, someone is able to remain calm and subdued even while being provoked. It shows patient restraint when you are able to operate in meekness. So when I think about that word and I think about meekness and us growing in the area of meekness, I think about, man, how much better could our response to the world's problems be, so to our problems be, if we learned how to really perfect ourselves in the area of meekness. There is nothing wrong with standing up for yourself. And a lot more of us, including myself, should definitely do more of that. It's definitely times where I feel like I should have spoken when I didn't. I don't think that people should have their way over our lives. I don't think that people should be able to treat us any kind of way. And we just sit there and don't say anything. Like, I don't, I don't think that at all. <laughs> I think that there is a way to respond to someone's disrespect while also not disrespecting the call that's on your life. I think that when someone chooses to speak something that's damaging over you or to show favor towards someone else in your face or to not really see you as they should see you, in those situations, there's an opportunity for you to grow beyond what they may portray or what they may be casting over you. There's an opportunity for you to grow. There's a way to respond to someone's disrespect while not disrespecting your growth in your life. And at the end of the day, when you don't allow the hatred, the negative responses, the lack of representation, when you don't allow their chaos to create chaos in your world, that's where the money is. It's, it's plenty times where you will have the opportunity to speak or where your life will speak for you. There, there's so many moments I can give where I didn't say anything, but now my life is speaking way louder than what my words could even say, you know, as far as like, yes, plenty of times where I saw other people get things that I felt like I deserve. And now my life is at a place where it's speaking for itself or like, God did this in my life. He's given me so many blessings in my life. Things where I felt like people are making more money than me at this job. People are getting raises. People are are having less responsibilities than I have. In this past year, and this is not to boast. This is to boast about God, not about myself. But it, just in this past year, I've gotten maybe seven bonuses. And these are significant bonuses throughout the year. I've gotten a huge raise on my job. I'm I'm valued at work now and I'm at a completely different company. So that changes the game. But, you know, when we think about the ways that we may have sacrificed or we have felt as if like, man, I'm just sitting here and all these things are happening and I'm not, I'm not showing up for myself or I'm not speaking up for myself. Sometimes God will cause you to just be quiet for a season. Just be faithful and be quiet to let 
people say what they want to say to, you know, act how they want to act. But as long as you don't allow their chaos to to make you have chaos in your world, you're going to be on a path towards him having your life speak for you, having your life speak to others about you. When we think about that, and I know there are times, listen to me, I know there are times when you want to get your lick back, when you want to have the last word, when you want to make others feel small by screaming back at them after they may have provoked you. But it may come down to you just holding your silence that's going to get you to the next level of your growth, of your journey. It may be you just causing yourself to say, you know what? Wusa, shalom, shalom. I don't have to come into your chaotic world. Like I'm going to stay focused on what God has for me. And you can respond to disrespect by saying nothing at all. No, that's not always the answer, but the gift of meekness teaches you when to speak and when to show restraint. And that's the prayer that we can pray as we uncork ourselves for new wine this week. God showed me how to demonstrate meekness so that the gift, gifts, purposes and plans that he has over my life isn't diluted based on someone else's negativity, based on someone else's chaos. You know, I've asked God, show me when to speak and when to stay calm and silent because I know that you fight my battles. I know that you're, ultimately I work unto you. I work unto the Lord. So I know that you humble those who exalt themselves and you exalt those who humble themselves. So keep me humble in Jesus name. Don't allow my or my need to respond or even my insecurities to bubble up in a way that I respond and allow that to make me backtrack when you're pushing me forward into new growth. So I pray that we all grow in the area of meekness, that we all understand that definition and we don't silence ourselves and make ourselves seem as if we have nothing to say when disrespect is around us, but we understand the importance of learning this spiritual gift of, I'm going to trust God. When he tells me to speak, I'm going to speak. When he tells me to disrupt a room, I'm going to disrupt the room. But when he tells me, hey, sit back, I got this. You need to sit back and let him have it. You need to sit back and let him allow your life to speak for yourself. I pray that everyone enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I hope that you come back and share with the New Wine Podcast next week. And if you are subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. Hit that like button, hit that rating button. I think that as we go into this new year, as we understand the difference of self-care and sacrifice, as we understand the gift of meekness, that we will become better people. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye.